a king and we want him now. We want a king and we want him now. We want a king. All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of Civil Discourse. This is not a safe space. We are oh, it's here definitely today. not going to be a safe space today, is it? No, I think we got some some stuff to get into. We do, we, we do, and I, I think we're both equally disturbed by some of the most recent developments in the news, so we're going to skip this episode ahead in the queue, I think. Yeah, it's a little topical, and we try not to, in general, uh, deal with issues that are immediately happening because it um, it's better to let calmer heads prevail, and usually you need to let a little time settle in before people can hear things clearly while the blood's still rushing through their ears. But I think this, especially as we're coming into, what were we, one week away from right. the, uh, the, the midterm elections, I think right. this is an important thing to deal with. And so, so, we're so with our that. listeners, dear listeners, if we still have a, a few of you, we'll hear this episode the Friday after it was recorded. So, so by the end of this week, they'll hear this episode and, and hopefully everybody on every side of the political, political spectrum will, will walk away with the message we're hoping they'll hear. Uh, so. If if you would indulge me a moment, I want to tell you a story, and uh, uh-huh. it's it's a story from my my past. And I was a young ideologue, no doubt. And I was in the military, and at the time, we had a lot of folks from the Philippine Islands who were also in the military. And I watched the fall of Ferdinand Marcos uh, and his wife Amelda in the Philippines, and I think a lot of Americans at the time. And if you weren't old enough to remember it, you can go look it up on Wikipedia. But I think a lot of Americans at the time were cheering and thinking this was a great thing and that uh, that uh, Benigno Aquino was running for president, looked like he was going to win the election, and then he was assassinated. And I remember I turned to my boss, who was Filipino, I said, why aren't you supporting Aquino? And he said, because Marcos keeps the peace during elections, people in my country die. And I remember thinking how odd that sounded to me as an American. and. Now I'm a little worried we may be seeing that development right here in our own country. And it really disturbs me. And so uh, first, I'd like to hear your reaction to that before I go on. But but more importantly, do you kind of feel the way I do about this? There's no question in my mind that I feel that way. I think that, and this is where, you know, we might find some some difference of perspective. Um. To give some context for those of you listening, um, what we're talking about here, the, the event that's taken place, and I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of it, was the attack on the Pelosi House out in San Francisco. And Paul Pelosi, who was home alone, uh, this was last week, I think, yep. a handful of days ago, um, an assailant broke into the House in the early morning hours uh, looking for Nancy, who is the Speaker of the House currently in the United States Congress, and uh, essentially uh, not having Nancy there, uh, a struggle ensued, and uh, Paul was attacked with a hammer. Um, The detail I actually read today, I didn't realize, I think uh, Paul actually was wielding the hammer, and the assailant uh, took it away from him and then used it on him. Um, Fortunately, he was able to call the police, which arrived, and uh, the attacker was arrested and is now going through the, the legal system, and he's recovering, which we're grateful for. 
but you and I talked about this when we were together last week, when we heard about this and said, you know, this is something we need to address, um, on our show because I mean, you talk about not a safe space. Um, every person's home is supposed to be a refuge. And of course that's not a, this is not, this is a high profile, uh, telling of this tale, but people are, um, assaulted in their homes every day in this country. And you don't necessarily have to be a person in high profile for that to happen. Um, robberies and and other forms of of violence um, happen all the time. But the question is, what is the motivation here? And I read uh, about three different articles uh, today in preparation for this, one from Fox, one from uh, CBS, and one from Politico. And all of them are saying that at this point, the uh, the assailant is not specifically calling out, or at least the authorities aren't ready to release a specific uh, uh, motivation uh, for this attack. But the person did have, when looking into his online presence and so forth, there were conspiracy theories and this and that and the other, many of which have been echoed over the last couple of years in a political context. Um, whether it was in illegitimate elections, uh, children, uh, child prostitution rings, and all this other kind of stuff that you've heard these conspiracy theories. And apparently he you know, was obviously uh, mentally ill to some degree, but also you know, a victim of, of this kind of false uh, dialogue that has been going around. And... I, I bring this up because I think a lot of us who had a concern with Donald Trump and the political discourse surrounding that period of the of the elections and presidency, um, in what can and it's I, it's worth saying. I mean, he certainly I think perpetuated to a, an incredible degree, but it didn't start with him, and it didn't end with him. And we need there's a certain responsibility we need to share in in that. But I believe, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, this is exactly the thing that concerned me most with the approach to politics that was being demonstrated at the time and and still is. That the weak-minded, if if we want to pass judgment, the 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 followers, uh, and this can happen on either side of the aisle. This just happens to be, uh, I think, an example that at least for the moment it looks like comes from this uh, right uh, extremist uh, uh, perspective uh, can lead to this kind of, of, of violent action. You know, whether we're oh, talking you know, about and back January in June, we had a guy who showed up at Justice Gorsuch's house with uh, weapons and zip ties yeah. and he was going to assassinate Gorsuch. So to your point, it's, it's both sides of the aisle play this game. Yeah. And and I want to call them wing nuts. I want to stop calling them left wing nuts or right wing nuts. They're just all wing nuts. They're, they're, they're off the reservation, so to speak. They are, but but I think that for a lot of these people, and and granted, they're they're in a weak mental and, and psychological disposition in the get go. I'm going to make that judgment. You know, if I turn out to be wrong someday, then I'll own it. But at this point, I would argue these are people who are not sound of judgment in the first place. While they may be off the reservation, I think that for a lot of these people, we're starting to see they were on the edge and they have managed to be 
uh, pushed and, and perhaps allow themselves with enthusiasm to be pushed off that edge. And what might have been a late night fantasy is starting for, for some of these people to become uh, a, a legitimate reality that, that is worth their, their um, uh, following through. And, you know, this, this is scary stuff. The, the makeup of the United States of America, I think maybe more so than any other, the, one of the primary tenets of our country is that we can demonstrate a peaceful transition of power as your, your story, uh, you know, called out. And it is very concerning that people are now starting to openly speak of their fear of going to the polls. I don't know that that's a new idea. We've had violence uh, surrounding voting in this country at various periods, certainly the 1960s, the civil rights. I mean, people and, went through a and lot and of And the first difficulty. 85 or so years of our country as well, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think there have been heightened moments you know, even though there's, there's always usually some example of something, um, I think there have been particular periods that stand out and, or particular groups that are victimized or, or, or uh, targeted. Um, and that has shifted over the years and perhaps shifted back and forth and rotated. I don't know. But now it doesn't seem to be so much about a, 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 a group of voters or, or uh, people that are based in a an ethnic an ethnicity or a particular group uh, by some specific cause, even though that's probably still happening too. But now it's these broad blankets of they're the left wing nuts or the right wing nuts, and as you say, it's all some form of winged nuttery. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not making light of the actions. It's just you know, if you don't if you don't smile a little about this stuff, uh, you'll cry because it, it's sad. Uh, so I, I was looking around. I would, I would say in the year twenty twenty two, we should not be having this conversation. No, we anymore. shouldn't. This is crazy. So I, I was looking around, and, and in an effort to be fair, uh, went to the uh, Department of Justice site to look at what kind of violence has been going on in the last five years with abortion clinics, uh, and see that there's been about. Uh, and I just did a quick count, so I could be off a little bit, but it looks around fifty, sixty cases of violence against abortion clinics in this country. And then I went and looked at another number and there've been about 170 attacks on churches and pregnancy care centers since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, And I think in both these cases, we are in agreement that this is just unsatisfactory and not the way we want our country to be. No. No, we don't want it to be that way. Yes, we are in agreement. Yeah, I I knew what you meant. So, you know, this is this is pathetic. I mean, we have a national stage. We can debate these issues. Uh, You know, there there was a time in this country where I would say, you know, Charles, I disagree with you vehemently, but I will defend with my life your right to have those those beliefs and opinions. I would say that we have. I feel like that general attitude, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the healthy one, has been more the commonplace attitude amongst our leaders. There was a certain understood gentlemanly respect. Um, and 
you know, you, you hear it talked about, you know, being able to work across the aisle, um, collaborating, you know, there's always this, this aisle we talk about right and left that, you know, even though we may disagree, we understand we are here in service to the betterment of our nation and the world. And so we must find ways to co-govern and, and dialogue in a healthy, uh, spirited, but healthy way, um, is, is how we move forward. Again, from the very beginning, we've had examples where people have failed to meet that standard, but, or uh, ideal, but I feel as though there's a certain, uh, tendency for that not to be reflected in our leadership anymore, the way it used to be. And leadership is leadership because people follow it. And if we see every day on the news, on the radio, in the newspapers, in the aisles at the grocery store, example after example of our leaders demonstrating this breakdown of civil discourse, I don't think it's a coincidence that we start to see the followers of those leaders starting to demonstrate the same thing. Now, I don't know that that's a one-on-one ratio, but it, they're called leaders for a reason, because they lead a following, and that's on both sides of the aisle. Um, I get emails every day, not that I ever signed up for it, but from people on the far left side of things, and I just want to throw my computer out the window because I'm so sick of hearing people going on with their hair on fire. Oh my God, all is lost. And the next day, well, maybe there's hope. Oh, nope, all is lost. <laughs> you know, Most important ridiculous. election in American history. And both sides use that language. And you're like, really? The most. Hmm. More important. I think every election is important. Of course, every election is important, but the most important in history. And, and you know, this is this is rhetoric to get us to the polls. And I don't need sure. rhetoric to get to the polls, nor do you. But I guess some people respond to that message. Uh, but but, uh, or, but I think every election in memory at the moment has been considered the most important. <laughs> and that's the same trope we keep hearing. Is my point? I'd love for him to come out and say, "Yeah, this one's important, but not as important as that last one." <laughs> so. Which isn't going to happen, but you know, it, it's, it's a matter of rhetoric. And now we're starting to paint the other side, those guys, we're starting to paint those guys with broad brush terms like communist and, and socialist and fascist and uh, ultra right wing, ultra left wing. And, and, and we use these terms and, and we put those people in a box and, and then we sit here with our people and with the plentiful sources of news that we have now, we can be in the echo chamber where everybody agrees with us. And, and uh, you know, I shared a site with you last week. I don't know if I ever sent you the link, but I, I need to, if I haven't, that literally Tell tried to make it. sure that all the neutral, the right and the left were all equally represented in every story. And uh, I'll share it with our listeners too, if they're interested. Now, now I, I, I'll pause. <laughs> Well, no, I, I think it's worth sharing because uh, when you were telling me about it and I didn't know about it, it's, uh, well, tell me the name of it again. Oh, let me go look real quickly. It's uh, All Sides. All Sides. And it's at allsides.com. Okay. And um, they use like 1,200 different news sources and they rank them lean left, lean right, left and right. They don't use extremist term terminology. 
and the idea idea behind it, I think, is is a worthy one, which is that you know there's a there's a different side to every tale, and to take the time to look at the media sources and address okay, here's what a right wing organization that's recognized as such is is how, how they're framing the argument. Here's a far left wing uh, organization and what they're doing with it, and here's what's generally considered to be a neutral organization, at least on this topic. And I think the example you were telling me about was, I forget what the topic was, but they were looking at Fox News on one hand, MSNBC or something like that on the other, and BBC was put in the middle. Right, right. And there's one perspective, another perspective, and the outside perspective. And, you know, I think you called it out right when you told me when you see that all three sources are telling the same tale, that's probably fairly close to the truth, right? Right. And, and um, I, I say that I did say that. And I'm looking right now at the Pelosi story on the site and uh, the left opinion is CNN. The right opinion is uh, oh, shoot. a guy named Rich Lowry. I don't I don't know who that is. And then the center is the Hill. Oh, it's National Review. National Review is the right. Okay. And then the hill was the center, and uh, it's funny they all use the term right wing nut job, <laughs> <laughs> or they use the term nut job, not right wing, but they all use the term nut job. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, well, and and you know this is another issue that that comes up in these instances is you know even if this was an individual person who just simply went off the edge, depending on what is becomes known of their thoughts and ideas that led them to this action that gets then, you know, perpetuated through the media and becomes represent representative of falsely representative of the larger group to which he could be closely associated, closest uh, associated. So just because this guy may have been a reporter, I'm going to use the word Republican for lack of a better one at this moment, doesn't mean that all Republicans would be willing to do what he did or supportive of his actions or whatever the case is. But it, but it becomes very easy to make him a figurehead to represent the right, uh, extreme right movement and the perception that the, the rest of the right is not willing to stand against the extreme. and. Th- very similar arguments can be made on the, the left side of that. You know, we've talked about it a million times. You and I both sit fairly close to center on most issues, but a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right, depending on what we're talking about. We don't become aligned with the people falling off the left side, or I should say I don't, that I think are just going to extremist positions that are distracting from the larger arguments that we need and conversations we need to be having. But yes, I guess I'm on that side of the aisle. Uh, doesn't mean I'm with them. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty pro-life and you know, I'm pretty pro-life. You attack an abortion clinic. We have an issue because I, I dislike violence of all type and think it's re it's repulsive and it's, it's just a horrible thing. And I don't care what your motivation is. When you, when you take another human being's life and you're not defending yourself, you have violated rule number one. <laughs> and so uh, you're not, I'm not with you. And, and I think, you know, you, you tend to lean pro-choice. And when they're attacking a pregnancy care center, 
I think you probably pretty much had the same opinion. Oh, there's These no ain't your people. Um, well, and I also don't even understand the logic of that. If you're pregnant and you're receiving care, how is this in some, what, we're mad because you didn't get an abortion? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't yes. make sense to me. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's silly. Child? I, don't, I don't get that. <laughs> you know, and if you want to have the theoretical discussion that's great at the bar. That doesn't require violence. You know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. You know, it's the old, would you go kill baby? Or <laughs> he was a baby. <laughs> he hadn't done anything wrong. I, I that, you know, it, it sounds for a lot of people dismissible and silly, but I, I wonder if there's a legitimate conversation we need to have about the hero mentality. Um, there's a certain, psychology that comes in to causes that it is a righteous cause and i now need to be go be a soldier for that cause and I, john, the john mclean syndrome i'd call it right you know it's this idea that i've seen that on television or in the movies or on the news and i now need to take up arms and stand for this thing that is Righteous and and whatever path leads you to that sense of righteousness, whether it's religion or mob mentality or whatever it is, the fact of the matter is, it usually comes, as I've uh, observed it at least, with a lack of uh, uh, lacking a sense of reality and perspective. And it doesn't mean there aren't righteous causes in the world, and it doesn't mean there aren't things worthy of standing up against. And four or four, but this idea that you're you you watch someone say something on a TV show uh, from somebody who, by the way, probably would never have actually taken up arms for this cause. They've they've wrapped you into doing it, but they're not the ones going after pizza parlors and. Um, there was the, the I, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but there was somebody who showed up at that pizza parlor that um, one of wow. these uh, wingnuts had, had, you know, gotten a whole following, uh, I think it was in D.C., um, that supposedly they were trafficking children, the, the, these ultra uh, leftists, Antifas or whatever it was, were trafficking children in the basement of this pizza parlor. And he got in his truck down in South Carolina or somewhere and rode through all the night with his uh, um, weaponry and blast through the door and was going to rescue these children. It, his heart was in the right place, <laughs> but it turned out it was, of course, absolutely not true. Well, um, and, and he assumed, of course, nobody in law enforcement took a walk through that pizza parlor, right? Nobody. Well, this is my point. There was a complete lack of connection to any sense of reality whatsoever. It was something out of a movie. Um, and that becomes a phrase that gets dismissed as, oh, the, you know, whatever. No, I, th I think a lot of these people are so, uh, and again, on both sides of the aisle, are, are so uh, encapsulated into these uh, echo chambers of extremism that they lose any sense, if they ever had it, of, of the real world. And critical thought and questioning and research with from from valid sources, and you know this becomes a form of mental illness. I would argue. 
Oh, it is. It is. And, and this idea that this has been splashed across, and I don't know who was perpetuating this story, to be perfectly honest, I'm so tuned out of mainstream culture stuff that, that it completely blew by me. I Now that you've said it, I recall something about pizza parlors, and uh, it was connected to the guy who committed suicide when he was in um, jail. I can't remember his name. Oh, shoot. Anyway, I, I, I know it was connected to... The, his wife was just indicted on several charges and he was friends with the Clintons and all these other folks. And, and, you know, the meme was, he didn't commit, he, he didn't uh, commit suicide, but, but, you know, um, sorry, my brain is fried. <laughs> but anyway. It was, it was Edgar Welsh. He was 28 from North Carolina. Um, this was back in 2016. I think the paper came up. Um, wow. And it was one of these where he had, you know, so he, he showed up with an AR-15 and a few other firearms, and he was going to go in there after all, you know, being on all these little conspiracy sites and everything, convinced that um, Hillary Clinton specifically uh, was harboring young children as sex slaves. This, by the way, is the New York Times, um, just so you know where I'm reading it from, um, as part of a child abuse ring, and it was centered in this pizza parlor um in in uh dc that uh, supposedly out of their basement they were operating this this thing well first of all the pizza parlor didn't even have a basement <laughs> and i mean i shouldn't laugh it's sad um, it is sad but it's so absurd uh and a, a multitude of different uh sites uh washington post times snopes all of these you know but he decided it must be true, you know, with influences from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all those reliable sources and, uh, and these others, uh, not dark web, but you know what I mean? The, uh, uh, conspiracy senior, sites, that, the senior uh, side of the web. Yes, yeah, exactly. And so he was going to go save these children, you know, again, the John McClain syndrome. And it was of course, completely unreal and fortunately nobody got hurt um he didn't come in guns blazing but he was prepared and you know he ended up dealing with a number of um uh, of consequences legally for for that action but and you by the way you can plug that story into all sides and get all the perspectives on that and this is the one where they all seem to agree <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, um, but see this is what i'm talking about this is the extreme end of 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 an ill-gotten leadership and when we have people at the top of our uh national discourse on these podiums on television on the news online and managing to get a platform that allows them to speak irresponsibly and speaking responsibly is not speaking without freedom. I, 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 will, I will fight tooth and nail with anyone. And by fight, I mean just, you know, vehemently disagree. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, that somehow it is a, it, it's a, a curbing of our freedoms to simply be responsible in how we go about our discourse. And especially when we have a position of influence. I, 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 whatever you feel is, is an argument worth having by all means have it, but have it from an 
educated and informed place and not an inflammatory one that that is trying to in, in some way feed off of and victimize those who are not in a position to understand differently you know whether that's choice or not and i i mean we see this all the time i mean i'm sorry i live in southern connecticut very close to newtown where that horrible incident happened with uh, with the children in Sandy Hook. I know people who lost children in that uh, that attack. I personally know them. I know others who didn't lose children, but their children are in that school that day. And as a parent, I can't even begin to tell you what it is to have those conversations. And for whatever that guy's name is, as far as I'm concerned, he should be forgotten from history who uh, just, you know, was running that entire, uh, uh, making tons of money uh, among his other conspiracy theories of going about saying that it was, uh, was fake, that these were actors pretending, um, and the parents were being paid to falsely claim that they lost their children. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, whatever comes to him is well earned. But, those are the kind of people who are happy to make money to speak irresponsibly and victimize, you know, the, the, the thinkers that are not the, the ill thinkers. I'm and and you know, the thing is these, <laughs> these conspiracy theories always have a kernel of truth. So uh, the kernel of truth, of course, being that Anthony Weiner did, did uh, exchange uh, inappropriate texts and, sure. uh, and so they they latched onto that and said, well, he's connected to the Clintons, so the Clintons are doing this, and you know, just enough truth to sucker in some poor guy who's who's a little mentally unhinged, and, and push him over the edge, and and I, I Alex Jones, sorry, you, yeah, you said I, that, yeah, I, I was hoping you wouldn't say, you know, there's just some folks we shouldn't talk about, and, and we shouldn't talk about these guys who go in by name. They go into schools and shoot people up because that's what they want you to do. They want you to mention their well, name. Well, yes, we don't want to. to <laughs> and and uh, so, so and this guy who who uh, you mentioned earlier who who wants to speak irresponsibly um, on this issue, I, I'm sorry, you, you've got to think about what it is you're saying and who it impacts. And and if it were my kid, we'd have an issue. You know. Uh, well, I think what makes it even worse for me. Again, if if these were people who genuinely felt like I think that man who took of himself to arm himself and go forward as much as he was not connected to reality in any way, he put himself on the line for something he thought was legitimate. And he's going to pay a high price for it. But I can at least understand he had been he had been bamboozled and he foolishly accepted that. uh that scheme and he took up arms and he is going to have to pay consequences for that. But to me, the worst crime for lack of a better way to describe it are the people who profiteered off that, that those false conspiracies victimizing him and anyone that might've fallen victim to him in turn. And, and they're sitting back doing this for money. This, this is a profit scheme. This isn't because they have conviction 
for a cause worthy. And I think there are people with those convictions, but I, the, most of the people we're talking about in these high positions of media and so forth, at least in my humble opinion, I think they know exactly what they're doing. I, I, there's no question in my mind that these people who will go unnamed further in our conversation know that they're spreading false uh, tales to try and earn, to, to take money uh, in, in that conspiracy. And it's working. Now, some of them, the hatchet comes down eventually, but a lot of people manage to make incredible profits over spreading these kinds of irresponsible dialogues and, and creating victims of, of that untruth. Well, the other thing is we have to stop making excuses when it's our side. Uh, and I'm just going to say that we, we need to stop. It's it's interesting to me that this guy, uh, and you know, we don't know what what this persuasion of this guy was. I, I've seen a picture of his house, and if the house is an indicator, he may not be from the right, but it doesn't matter. He's still a wingnut. <laughs> so, uh, but but you know, Rand Rand Paul got attacked mowing or raking his leaves with his his headphone in, and and I'm hearing people say, well, he deserved it because of no, he didn't, no, oh, he yes. didn't. And nope. nor did, did, did Paul Pelosi. He didn't deserve it. I don't care uh, what the politics of his family are. I don't care. And, and that's, I, I, I know that seems like I'm really out on the limb today. And that makes me sad because that should be the common feeling that everybody has. Well, I, th- I think the fact that you're saying that gives you pause to consider that people you may know would think you out on a limb to say that out loud is, is distressing. And, and I've made comments. Uh, I'm not thinking of one as I'm sitting here, but I know I've made comments frequently that uh, would disturb some of my dear friends on the left side of issues. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've said before, I'll give an example so that I'm not uh, making it up in hyperbole. I do not know where I stand with this whole issue of, of uh, gender vis-a-vis bathrooms and schools, for example. And that's just one small micro uh, aspect of the larger conversation. But I, I, I have some difficulty with some of the arguments that the uh, more leftist liberal uh, groups are, are standing in, in loud uh, protest about. To me, I mean, and, and I'm probably considered a, a real righty on that one, <laughs> but, you know, I have a kid in school. I, I see these issues. I, I want everyone to have the freedom to be and express themselves as they see fit. But I think there are certain settings, especially when it comes to children, that we need to take some pause and think about how we are, are going forward um, with some of these liberties, so to speak, um, in, a, in a school especially. And that makes me very much a person in opposition to a lot of people on the left. I know it does. Um, but it doesn't mean that the, the concern and the pause is illegitimate. And it also doesn't mean that I want to get attacked while I'm mowing my lawn next week. So, no. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of, uh, the way we handled the recent COVID uh, crisis. I think we made a lot of rash actions 
And, and you remember, I, I was speaking against this during the time saying, I think we've gone way overboard. And, and we had a lively discussion regarding that. It wasn't disrespectful. It was just a discussion. And um, I also realized that that was an opinion and, and folks could disagree with me. And perhaps we should err to the side of caution, particularly in the first month or two when we didn't know what we were dealing with. We should err to the side of caution uh, when it came to protecting people's lives. And maybe that opinion uh, is a little less uh, popular than, than it ought to be. I think once the first two months were over, then we had some data we could play with. But when you didn't know anything, what was the right action? And that's 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 an interesting question, I think. And I'm not going to try to take us down that issue any more so than you wanted to take us down the other, or you you didn't want no, to no, take no. us down I, the I other. No, no, I was just saying it's it's also hard. I mean, I think it's important to to have reflection so that when the next issue, whatever it may be, that's related comes down the line, we can learn from our previous actions, good, bad, or indifferent. And to not do so is just absurd, right? Right. Um, we have to also keep in mind that, you know, in my lifetime, nothing like this had ever happened before. Um, I'm guessing in your lifetime too. No, I mean, always- this, the, the last time anything like that happened was 1918. I don't think there are many exactly. folks left from that. So, And so we have to you know, be willing to acknowledge hindsight is twenty twenty, And even in hindsight, it's still not really clear what was probably the best choice. We know what happened and what consequences came of it. Um, I think the one choice that was made, and I'll call it a choice, uh, that probably could be rethought was the politicization of it. Yes. Um, a, a great deal of the discourse around COVID was based on politics and i think that that is a black hole uh in the middle of almost every path we can walk unfortunately today that we are all too willing to step into and and fall into and once you're in that it never seems to come out it's never about what's actually good for the people it's never what's actually best for the children or the elderly or whatever it is. It's about how can I politically gear this so that my side is right and your side is cuckoo. And nobody is served by this. No, no. And people and die. We, in this yeah, people, but we as the people have to start recognizing that that's what's going on and hold our leaders accountable for it. And I'll bet that just and, blasted across. <laughs> Well, I think it was a dead zone, so we can just pause. That was around 38 minutes and 43 seconds or so. Okay. So. That was Megan responding to my text. All right. We'll cut all this piece out. So I, well, no, I think- Well, no, that moment. So here we go from now. All right. So I think I think you make a very good point, though, that, that some issues are above politics and- this issue that we've been talking about for the last 39 minutes is about politics. Violence is not the solution in political discourse. I, I, I don't care what the other side believes. I, I really don't care if you truly were a, a communist or a fascist or a socialist. Violence is not the answer. I, I can't use violence to, to come after you on this. And, and by the way, personal history here, you're talking to a guy whose family escaped Nazi Germany and the mid thirties. And 
there was violence in the streets where the communists and the fascists were fighting each other. And when they weren't fighting each other, they were going after the Christian Democrats and, and other folks. And consequently, uh, it wasn't safe to be out at night because these factions were fighting each other. And I really don't want that future for this country. The question, of course, becomes how do we avoid it? And, you know, we, 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 we bump up against this time and time again. Given the reality we live in, the media we live in, the social media we live in, and the culture that is self-perpetuating as a result of all those things, from everything around our dinner table to at the workplace to in the schools and so on, how do we, without holding hands and singing kumbaya, which let's just be honest, ain't going to happen, <laughs> how do we readjust and, and, and pivot our direction? Because every time we get a politician up there who says we need to stop, we laugh at them. We think, well, yeah, you say that because it's all, you know, soft and, and kind, but are you really shifting that? Well, you know, are you demonstrating that? I don't know. I think some people probably start off legitimately wanting to, and then the realities of our governments, you know, change. Um, and political survival becomes the number one priority. And of course, as long as money is to be made off of these uh, irresponsibilities, whether it's in the media or private industry or whatnot, well, now we're motivated to perpetuate that sort of thing. You know, I don't know what the solution is because I can make a choice as you can, as hopefully our listeners can, to try and think differently and, and take the time to pause. But if everybody else isn't, where does that leave us? And, you know, every fire has to start with a, a single flame. But or spark, I guess. But you know, sometimes we don't have time to wait. <laughs> we're we're the, the snowball is already gathering mass and rolling faster. How do we oh. stop it? Once once the avalanche has begun, it's too late for the pebbles to vote. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. No, no, I I think though we have to worry about the pebble that we are, and I I, I can only control what's within my locus of control, and that's me. And maybe I can influence my family. And, and maybe when my child says, I hate Joe Biden, and I'm just picking on him because he's the president. Well, first off, you don't know Joe Biden's son, so you can't hate him. Number two, he's still your president. And, and whether you agree with his politics or not, let's treat him with the respect of the office. It doesn't matter whether it's Joe Biden, Donald Trump, uh, Barack Obama, or George W. Bush. They're still, he, he's the occupant of that office. And uh, I don't agree pretty much with any of those folks, but, but the point is it's still the president. And so uh, you, can, you can do that within your home. And when they say, well, so-and-so is wrong and, and, and he shouldn't be allowed to, wait a minute, that person is entitled to their opinion and we don't agree with it, but that's okay that they have that opinion. You know, that's all we can I do. Think it's also important when when it's the right space, because not every space is going to be appropriate to engage a conversation. But, you know, statements, well, I hate Joe Biden, for example, whether it's your son or a family member or a friend or whatnot. You know, as opposed to, oh, you're wrong. I think 
everything you just said is worth saying, you know, let's, let's show respect for, if nothing else, the office. And, but I think it's sometimes there is a, a space to ask the question, tell me why you feel that way. Because not, not over Thanksgiving dinner though. Let's no, not over Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> over dessert, maybe. Maybe but, dessert, yes. <laughs> Otherwise I your wives will walk out on you and you'll be sitting there at the table talking to each other. True story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll be left wondering, what what did we say? <laughs> um but I think the thing that we need to and, and I hope that we demonstrated with this show is that we need to allow curiosity to reign, genuine curiosity at where the other person is across from us is coming from. Yes, there are the ignorance who are just spewing what they heard on the news that night or what they're, you know, my daddy always told me or whatever the case is. But even then, help me understand because I'm really interested. You're, you're, you're a good person. I respect you and I respect your opinion. And I really want to understand more of where you're coming from. What, what leads you to feel that way about him? Now, I have said a million times, there have been presidents of late that I have strongly disagreed with. And if you ask, and, and I'll admit, I probably have used strong language to, to, to describe a couple of them. Okay, so uh, apologies if uh, in the edit we just had a bit of a technical difficulty there, but we're back. And um, before the break, uh, I was talking about just from my own perspective how we've certainly had presidents, one in particular. I've not been shy to state my feelings about that I've been in vehement disagreement with, not only uh, from a policy perspective, but from an approach uh, perspective. Oh, he's bellicose. He was bellicose. And and I I do fear that some of of the uh, extreme dialogue and actions come from that type of uh, public uh, disposition. He's not the only one. It didn't start with him. It didn't end with him. But I think he was one of the recent most worst examples. And there's a horrible use of the English language, most worst. But, and, and still to this day, I can drive through my liberal bastion of, of Connecticut, which by the way, isn't quite as liberal as people like to think it is, and see signs of, you know, pro this, MAGA that, uh, you know, take back the this and that. At no point, even with those that I have found to be most obnoxious in their, uh, you know, flag waving, so to speak, have I thought, you know what, let me go beat the snot out of them in the grocery store parking lot. <laughs> it's just well, that's because you're a mature adult. You know, I, I can d- disagree with every fiber of my being where they're coming from and what they're standing for and what I fear is the long term res- effects of those kind of politicians that they're in support of. But as you said earlier, that's what this country is about, being vehemently against something, but not violently against it. And there's a big difference there. And we have to start reconnecting, if we ever had it in the first place, with that kind of of personal responsibility and discipline when it comes to 
civil engagement and discourse. And that's, I hope, what we try and demonstrate with this show for, for, for our listeners and that they might take forward and spread the word about. Well, first off, I, I have to say this is not an act. This is the way we talk, whether we're being recorded or not. And, and we always have. We've gotten, we've gotten passionate about issues and, and we've had very lively discussions, but we have never disrespected each other. Never. And, and, uh, and you know, when we walk away, you know, one of us says to the other, Hey, would you like a drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it, it's not that we're, we're, we're the best examples, uh, but I think we are, hopefully we're the norm and not the exception to the role. Uh, of folks who are involved in, in, in these issues. I think a lot of Americans don't care, by the way, they, they just, you know, he was on TV, he was a reality star and that's just the way he acts. Uh, or, or, you know, uh, this guy uh, came from this background and this is the way he acts. And, and we excuse these behaviors when really we shouldn't, you know, there's, you don't, you're not, you don't need to be impolite. Um, well, but, I but, think again, it's, it's understanding that, unfortunately, uh, today, you know, not only with the, the, the platform and, and megaphone that these individuals stand from in the first place, but then the ongoing megaphone of the media that reverberates these dialogues and vitriols over and over and over again, and, and sometimes outright lies and and manipulations, there is a tangible effect that I think we are seeing, and and especially for, that that resonates for the people who are weak of spirit and in, in mind. And you know, I there are all kinds of politically correct ways to describe these people, but you pick what works for you. But this guy who went into the Pelosi home had a problem. And that problem may have been there already. And we'll never know whether or not had none of these vitriolic conversations happened that influenced him, would he have done something like that anyway? But the bottom line is people like that will find justification in those, uh, those dialogues that are harmful to, to turn them into John McClain's in their minds. And now I'm going to go forward and I'm going to be a hero for the cause. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous stuff. And speaking freely does not mean speaking irresponsibly, in my humble opinion. I know disagreement here. When, you, when you're talking about violence, I'm out. I'm out. I, I, don't, I don't want any part of that. And, and when you're perpetuating violence, I'm out. I, I don't want any part of that. I think most rational human beings... Unless there's a, a true cause, uh, saving a child's life or whatever, um, I, I think, you know, most of us are out on those, those kind of rash actions, particularly based on some conspiracy theorist theory that some wingnut on the internet came up with out of that one little kernel of truth. Well, if Anthony Weiner did this, then everybody who he, he knew must have done this. That's just crazy talk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I don't care whether you come from the right side of the aisle or the left. That's just crazy talk. Uh, I, I, I'll I, share with you as, as we're talking about this, I have on my screen 
um, from CBS News. They're having a whole conversation right now talking in the headline reads concerns over voter intimidation and voting rights groups trying to ban people from surveilling voting sites. And there's a whole conversation to be had about this sort of issue. But a lot of this, again, as we're coming into an election coming next week, I think it is, um, concerns about not, not you and me and the average person, of course, but the wingnuts who have decided based on the influence of, of the megaphones that, you know, there's some kind of, uh, fraud happening or, or whatever it is that they could show up to be the hero and, and, you know, stop it or whatever the case is. And unfortunately, you know, with it, this, I don't think it happens that often, but it, when it does happen, it's terrible and it is concerning. Most of us have not had our children shot in schools. That doesn't mean that when it does happen, it doesn't give me a parent in a school with a child in the school system pause that could that happen here? Could that happen at my voting booth? Could that so on and so on? And we just have to be more responsible, as we say, as, as citizens and as leaders. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think you've said all there is to say, uh, at least from the perspective of uh, Charles and Mike. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't just do what's right within your locus of control and, and, and temper our language. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, to quote the old song, teach your children. We we, mm-hmm. we don't we don't need a bunch of uh, they don't learn it from the neighbors. No, they learn it from Unless home. They do. <laughs> Except my kids, all the bad habits they had, they learned from the neighbors. <laughs> no, no, trust me, I have plenty of bad habits, and you of all people are well aware of them as vice versa and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, just and and model civil behavior uh, for your folks. So oh dear. Well, on this uplifting topic, thank you all for tuning into this special edition of Civil Discourse. All right. We've been reflective. I think you have folks to thank. First off, while you're getting your list out, I'm going to thank you once again for for being the brains behind this outfit and uh, uh, telling us, uh, bringing this topic up and asking me if I'd like to talk about it. No, I think it's important. And... You know, if you're out there listening, um, you know, if there, if there's somebody you feel comfortable discussing this with, have the conversation. Don't be afraid to bring it up and and ask questions and be curious. And if you don't feel you have someone to discuss this with, then discuss amongst yourselves. Look inside. See where your place is in these conversations, in these uh, situations as a society. We are a village, a really big one, but we're still a village. And every one of us affects everyone else. And if that's singing Kumbaya, then so be it. I'm right there uh, with you in the Kumbaya train. (laughs) So I, first of all, thank you, Mike, my co-host and uh, the good professor keeps me, keeps me in line. Um, I appreciate it. And this is, this is good therapy for both of us. It is. is. uh, Listening. Uh, of course, the most important person to thank is our uh, our esteemed engineer, editor, and uh, he hasn't contributed uh, on an air for a while. We need to get him back uh, back in the room. But uh, Keith Zadroyovi, 
without whom uh, this none of this would be happening. The Lazarus Trio, uh, our wonderful group that uh, plays us in and out of each episode, Carl Groves, and of course, Mike Conagen. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the one and the only. And uh, what really is most important is thank you, our listeners, for supporting the show, going uh, to wherever it is you uh, listen to your podcasts from, pushing that like button, spreading the word, sharing with your friends, leaving us a review, and uh, sending us your thoughts and inspirations and concerns to our email, civildiscoursetnss at gmail.com. That's TNSS as this is not a safe space at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. We need to, to understand where you're coming from. Are we wrong? Are we right? Are we indifferent? Uh, are we the wing nuts that we speak of? <laughs> you tell we, us we might be <laughs> and remember to always keep on listening all right thank you and goodbye Surrender